0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only hog talk podcast. Live from the Sterling Soap and Roaster, your studios are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio networks where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like Rate and review our podcast. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company and Downtown Ozark. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, alongside me is Adam Hall. And we're also brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way for your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino card games available to play right now from your phone. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And, Adam, Arkansas starts off with a convincing win over Western Carolina. Again, we know that there's things to work on. We know that it wasn't the perfect game especially when it comes to the running game. I I think, number one, if you say that was the – if there was something else that was glaring, I I would call you a liar. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, what what was glaring to you of that game on Saturday?
0: Uh, Really, it was just the run game. Um, I think that's one of the biggest um, negatives that you could really – I mean, you could really take away from it. And when I say negative, I mean – just compared to last season, um, you expect more production out of Rocket. Um, but it is what it is. You know, they weren't I, – I saw Pittman's interview earlier today, and, you know, he was talking about some of the adjustments not lining up nose-to-nose or head-on with the guys, and that threw him off a little – you know, just things that they need to button up. He knows what they are. Um, and so I think that's what they'll work on this week. You know, I kind of thought we might see more sacks, but that kind of goes back to what we've talked about in the past. Um, we still got a bunch of pressure. Um, I think there was 20-something QB pressures, 13 hits, I believe. And then, I mean, five or five turnovers. You can't really balk at that by any means.
1: Yeah, they only got two sacks for the game. Or two sacks. Yeah, but, and that was on the backup quarterback. So that wasn't mm. in the starting lineup. I, I mean, I totally – Get that, but even on the defensive side, there was some glaring kind of – you can't help to look at now of, you know, when you decide this team's going to be a nine-win team, you have to look at this team, even if they're playing Western Carolina, is this a nine-win team? There was a lot of things that were alarming of with the run game. You can't run on a team that was picked to finish fifth in their conference – You know, at one point, they had negative two yards rushing Mm -hmm. for the game. They ended up with 148 yards total rushing. But even if in the second half or so be it, you can't have the runs, that, that production against a Western Carolina, and then end up having that in the SEC. And I know, again, week one, overreaction, we have time to fix that. Because on the other end of that, they did pass blocking so well. Oh, yeah. So that's where the hope lies. Okay, they, they pass blocked very well. I mean, dude, I mean, you were talking about K.J. Jefferson. 18 for 23, mm-hmm. 246 yards, three touchdowns, only was sacked one time. And the, the you the guys that really stepped up, you look at the cross the board. Andrew Armstrong had 78 yards receiving. Wilson, with that long touchdown run of 65 yards on the second play of the game and then Tesla, you know, what I really liked, they was 25 targets and there was only five missed passes. There was only five Mm -hmm. drop passes. And I'm going to – yes, KJ played a hell of a game. But how many times have we seen KJ struggle because the receivers dropped the ball? The -hmm. receivers kind of, you know, especially like the tight ends and there was balls that were thrown or he was being rushed. So, yes, the offensive line was – Subpar. they can fix that. But the fact that not only was KJ efficient, but the receivers, you can't – I mean, ex, we can't sit there and knock the offensive line and then not praise the receivers for coming in, being two of them, D2 receivers coming in and not dropping the ball, not I getting
0: – I think those two are definitely going to play to prove a point that they're better than, you know, everybody like one of them, a D2 receiver. Um And I think that was shown, especially, I mean – some of Tesla's hands are just like, I mean, I know they said he's a freak and he's sure hands going to catch everything. And I mean, he absolutely did. I mean, he was going up to get him full extension you know, a couple of them were into the bot. I mean, his hands were always out in front of him.
1: Yes, and, and that's the thing you can't teach, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't teach speed. You can't teach certain intangibles that a receiver has, and you brought it up perfect. We talked about that leading up into the season, but these guys yeah. that have this chip on their shoulder in production, and, some, and these were not easy just, okay, they burn the guy and easy catches into mm-hmm. the end zone. These were some tough catches in traffic, I mean that's what really impressed me. Of no matter if you are a, a five star guy, you no know, matter if you come in from LSU or a Georgia, or you come in and you're wanting to prove a point, that's what you did. Uh, Michael yes. brings up the point. Do you think Western Carolina loading the box affected our running? Yes, but it shouldn't have. Um, you, you just can't. You can't allow. I, I, it doesn't matter. Game one, if you got the offensive line and the running back and the quarterback, you can't let a team like Western Carolina, do that. Now you've got time to fix that. I'm not saying all is lost. But what did we talk about before the season, Adam, when we're talking about mm-hmm. if you want to come out and prove your nine-win season, you've got to come out and put your hand foot on their throat, and you need to establish the run and then work out. Yes, they had yeah. to mix it up, but you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was – you know, first when – they, when they first came out on offense, you know, I figured – the, I wasn't shocked by the 65-yard touchdown. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, it was more of uh, them going for it that early in the game just to prove something. Um, you know, Obviously, I think we were all waiting for Rocket to break one for yes. 60, 70 yards. We talked about it in the weeks prior. Um, I, I don't know what – I don't think it was all on him. Um, I saw here in the comments somebody said that – let me just pop it up here. True or false, Rocket Sanders look as fast at 243.
1: There's some guys that it takes them, and and again, I'm not trying to bring in my my team, but we had a running back, Travis Etienne. Mm He plays for the Jaguars. His first step was slow. You let that guy get into his second step in that second gear, you weren't catching him. There's just Mm -hmm. some running backs built like that. I think Rocket is that type of back. He's a bruiser, so he don't have just that breakaway speed, and he's at 243 now. So he's looking for that hole. That's where the offensive line. You've got a guy like Rocket Sanders, you have to open a hole for him. That's the style of run. Here he is. That's why you have A.J. Green. That's why you have Mm -hmm. DeBinion. That's why you have Satania that you can come and do these reverses. And you have Speedsters. Rocket Sanders is supposed to be your bruiser. And, look, I don't care if you're an All-American running back. If you're getting hit behind the line by two or three guys, you're not going to go anywhere. If you wrap your legs up. So, yes, I, I agree with you. It wasn't all on him because you have to block and give them a seam mm-hmm. to get into that second lane where you're going up against linebackers and safeties.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's another comment here about the yeah, we did have Latham out. Um, yes. The, you know, that was true. I, I don't know that that really affected a whole lot. And I don't want to sound like that—that um, would—that he's going to make or break things. I mean, I know it was a little bit different for Bo Limmer, but you know, this is what they've been practicing. And I know that, like with the the miss snap or the over snap on KJ, you know, they were talking about the humidity and his hands being wet, and you know, it's just it's little things like that. They, it, it's never an issue until it happens. Yes. So you know, it was one of those. We thought that this offensive line was going to come in and be great. But that was one of my questions coming into the season. Yeah. Was the offensive line. Yeah, and, and that's where that you just automatically put
1: you automatically put leadership to production. You mm-hmm. know, you you automatic and that's fine, you know, and look, we're we're not saying here if we're sitting here saying all is lost and this and that, and that's overreaction. We're we're talking about Saturday's game in particular and what mm-hmm. it meant, you know. And but what I like about This coaching staff this year, is he addressed it. He didn't, you know, pussyfoot around the issue and and say, well, we look good. I mean, yes, he did say I'll take 56-13 win. Yes, of course I would. But when you're able to understand that there was a lot of things that needed to be worked on and not be a – I didn't get that since it was a coach-speak thing like, well, we'll Mm -hmm. take the win, but, man, we can always work on something. You knew that there was things still to work on.
0: Oh yeah. And I mean and you know for sure that that was probably the offensive line those things that were glaring or were going to be addressed the second they get back out on the practice field. And especially having a coach like Pittman with if there's an offensive line issue, you know he's going to take that to heart and that be his focal point leading up to the next game.
1: Yeah, and that's where that's but that's where KJ and Rocket have to stand up. Oh, yeah, because they're the captains of the team. Hey, look, guys, look, you know, we're trying to do this thing. We're, we're trying to – I'm trying to go out on top or I'm trying to get this team to a 9-1 season and, and get to a good bowl game. You can't have miscues like that. You can't – and not talking about the misstep, the misstep, because that's going to happen. I mean, miscues mm-hmm. happen. You can't expect the guy to be perfect. Um, and that was the only one that I can remember that I seen that, that was mm-hmm. that way. So if it was one play, that's a wash because things are going to happen. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. guy, a guy dropping a wide. Look at that Tennessee play where Milton threw the ball seventy-five yards and the dude was wide open. He just dropped it. I mean, that's a miscue. It happens, you know. So, but other than other than that, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised on the linebackers. I was pleasantly surprised about the movement, how the safeties got. They did. I mean. If again, if you're going up against SEC-type defense or an offense, I've seen some plays where if a quarterback with SEC caliber would have put some touch on that ball, yeah. there could have been more scores. But that's why you play these games. And a team that normally wouldn't that wouldn't happen to, it's happening like Western Carolina. You can fix those things. Opposed to, yeah. you're playing at Tennessee. You're playing an Ole Miss, and you're having to fix things on the fly. Opposed to. We won 56-13. Now we can work on that leading up to Kent State, which, speaking Kent State, did not have a good go. Their they're, they're first go around. Ooh, so, I mean, yeah,
0: 50-point loss, yeah. Um, I looked at the line this morning for the game, and I think we're favored by 38. So, yeah. I mean, we we're favored, I think, 36-and-a-half for um, the Western Carolina, but – You know, you try not to pay too much attention to lines, but, you you know, I'd probably take the over 56 in this game if you're a betting person.
1: Yeah, and those games, look, it's all about what you're wanting to do to game plan for the next week, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, or how you're going to progress through the season, just like we did. I I said that I would love to see K.J. out third, mid-third quarter. Mm -hmm. He had to go to the fourth quarter, of course, because, you know, if things aren't clicking the way they should, you're trying to get that offensive line going the way that you want them to go. You get that fixed, and then you make your suggestions. But, of course, also with, with the game in Little Rock, we had a lot of uh, people talking about that, a lot of um, water running out at halftime. And Daryl here saying, I've been on board with keeping a game at War Memorial Stadium, but after Saturday, I'm over it. Silver lining, the receivers is good, maybe better than advertised. Even with the opponent, I agree. Because, again, you have to grade these opponents or these receivers on what they were. These were D2 Mm -hmm. guys coming up to D1. And they looked every bit of a D1 athlete. Look at that second play, that separation and that speed. That is SEC speed. That is your talent and your speed being better than the opponent. That's the plays that you look at that you want from an Arkansas team playing in Western Carolina. You You should be able to outrun them. Because you're an SEC team. So, yes, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. I felt like the second and third quarter, they kind of got stagnant and, um, you know, just kind of got complacent a little bit. Couldn't They were letting Western Carolina kind of show them that, hey, we're here to play and got hit in the mouth a little bit. But, you yeah. know. I, I mean, one thing
0: that I liked, I mean, I think there was – I think it was in the first quarter um, – Armstrong was running a route and ended up on the sideline. I think it was overthrown by KJ. Yes. I think that was um, but, his
1: first incompletion, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it was. Yep. It, but
0: Armstrong's body language after, and the camera was on his face, you could kind of see the look of determination. And mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, some players are just going to jog back or whatever. And he's, yep. he hopped up, and he's just like, no. I mean, he was ready to get that ball and show something.
1: I've seen that on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, again, what we have talked about – you know, if we're going to be critical, I have to praise. You know, I, I said when, when they come into this season, I want this team to play like they're playing SEC teams. They're, they're, they're playing, they don't play down the competition. These boys were playing and flying around the ball like they were playing in LSU, they were playing in AM, they were playing in Ole Miss. So I applaud their effort. They, it was 100 degrees out there. They're playing in Little Rock. You know, you can go on and on about the negatives around the stadium. But they turned that into a 56-13 win. So, we can nitpick. Of course, it is nitpicking because, again, the standard we're, high, we're, we're putting this team at this year. We're going to do that every single week of, of yeah, we're going to say the things they did wrong. We're going to say the things they need to work on. But yet, for them to still produce, and even if it was a 56-20 win or whatever, they showed a lot of heart out there and, like, they're really on a mission. Like you said, determination <clears> – <throat> to make sure that this is a different a different year.
0: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we just came in here and praised every yeah. little aspect and didn't talk about the negatives or the things that needed to be worked on. You know, one of my biggest cracks of the game was when Western Carolina kicked that field goal at the end just because I had picked <laughs>
1: I think they've seen that. I think uh, they looked at our <laughs> score predictions that we posted <laughs> on Hog Talk and Hog Sports, and they're like, look, this guy's probably got 20 bucks on it. He, he wants to go down to rib crib and get him something to eat. We're going to kill a field goal, oh, yeah. but flip side of it, I think they still want a game plan like they're lining up. A lot of people oh, was critical yeah. about it, but it's like you got to look. They come into this game, sorry to say it, spoiler alert, they come into this game knowing they were going to lose the game. So why mm-hmm. not build on, hey, we got a last-second situation. What if we were in a game where this was a game-winning situation? Let's line up in field goal formation. Let's work on it. Because they're trying to work on things just like Arkansas is. So, well, okay, I kind of like, like when
0: You know, the people that gripe yeah. about that, stuff like that. I mean, it's the defense's job to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. It so, is. So,
0: you know, it's one of those they could have kneeled. They don't
1: have to kneel. There's not a written rule that you have to. So, so be it. You hey, know? you play to the whistle. I exactly. say play to the whistle, you know. And the only people who gripe only people that had money on the game. You know, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. just – but I, I loved the um, – man, Clark. You know, I know he gets a lot of crap for – but, man, for him to stick through thick and thin and, and to come back, get him another interception, happy for the guy. I'll tell you what, Landon uh, landed Jackson,
0: mm, this man. dude,
1: listen, he is built like a kickboxer.
0: Oh, yeah. I,
1: that video I posted to him where he says he eats two ribeyes Two stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he The way his upper body is – and his he just looks like he's built like a kickboxer. And I didn't want to I was gonna say something, but I didn't want them taking it as a um a troll or like I was making fun of him. But there was a there was a kickboxer on Street Fighter. And he just reminds me of that build, this tall, lanky guy mm-hmm. built up top, and then but that's like I wouldn't want to be in the um open field tackling, you know, just being able to Tackle in the open field like that. There was a lot of effort that I was enjoying. But, yeah, you talk about the guy putting production. There was a lot of talk about, okay, he gained a lot of weight, but can he produce? That, that guy come out and produced.
0: Oh, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be an anchor on that defensive line. I mean, you look at him, and I I don't know. That kid, you cannot – seeing that he's 281 pounds, I'm just like, where is it? <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, he is just built like a foot – I mean, there's not many football players built like he is.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. And yeah. I think that's the way he was when, – when they had that uh, on um, Hogs Plus, you know, mm-hmm. our good friends at Hogs Plus give us the great inside information and videos behind the scenes. He was in that chair and it, it, his knees were up near his chest, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it was like it's all upper body. I mean, the dude's oh, yeah. got some legs. But, I mean – for him to come in, I, I, I would hate seriously to get hit by the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, question in the, or a comment in the comment section, would you say our defense is much improved, even though it was Western Carolina four-pick surprise? I wouldn't say much improved because I want to see against the BYU. I want to see where this defense stacks up, and I want to see them down the road. I mean, mm-hmm. let let's see where this depth comes in. I'm not ready to say after one game they're much improved, Um, If they would have just totally dominated, got a bunch of sacks, and, of course, yes, they had four picks. But, I mean, when you're down and you're trying to fight your way back in the game, quarterbacks are going to make errant throws. They're going to throw it into into coverage. They're going to allow the defense to have more chances. I'm not saying it was all Western Carolina's fault that Arkansas got the turnovers. I'm saying you're going to have more of a chance of having that because they're throwing the ball a lot.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean it's hard to say much improved, and it's not. This isn't a knock game one, but you know we gave up two hundred ninety one yards, and so that's something I looked at was yes, we had five turnovers, but we still almost gave up three hundred yards.
1: And and here's and this is where I I, I don't disagree, but I will disagree. Right. I would much rather them because they had two hundred twenty seven yards passing mm-hmm. altogether. They only had. Well, they had 99 yards lost, so they only had 64 yards total rush against. So, I'll take that because, listen, in today's game, I'll take 200. Now, if they pass for over 300, if they went 350, if they made it seem like they had the upper advantage on our secondary or our defense, now, of course, if some of them throws were on time or, you know, beat our coverage, then possibly. But I'll take 227 yards passing. But then you look at the yards rushing, and of course, I mean, even if you take the, uh, let's see, Cole Gonzalez had a net of negative thirteen as a team, they had a net of negative twelve, but they gained ninety nine yards. So I guess I'm mm. saying the sacks they they had yeah. the sack yards, and I I wish they would change that rule. I wish they would put that on the passing yards opposed to the rushing yards. I agree. Because that gives you more of a true – so I'll look at the total yards. So, 99 yards rushing. I'll take that. I mean, I would take that in the very first game because you look at their leading rusher only had 38 yards on four carries. You know, yeah, he Branson – and, I don't. again, I don't know – I didn't watch Western Carolina enough to see where this guy was at in the game. This could have been their leading rusher come in in the fourth quarter. Desmond Reed looked like he was the guy. He had 11 carries, only 21 yards. Mm -hmm. So, other than Branson Adams at 9.5, you had Mark Hill Townsend only had three yards per carry Cameron. So, I mean, it was a little discrepancy of you can't let, you know, you're you're rushing defense and giving up four, five yards of carry. Um, So, there is stuff to work on there. But I guess the best blessing in the size is how good they were on their pass blocking gives me hope that they can fix the run blocking.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like we saw, you know, I saw in another comment, there was, you know, the, the playbooks seem a little vanilla. Yeah. That's what we all expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to come out and show their plays. They're not going to come out and show their offensive stunts. Um, you know, KJ hardly ran besides that 17-yard run, touchdown yeah. run.
1: Which so, is good. I mean, that, that was awesome. Yeah. It was shocking, yeah. but it was awesome.
0: Well, and I mean, he – Took the ball away because it was not – I mean, Rocket was going to get hit if he handed that ball off. Yeah. So, KJ had to take it. Mm-hmm. But so, that's I mean, his
1: job. That's why you do the RPO. Yeah. That's why you do the quarterback rate. And that shows his growth. Mm-hmm. And But that cool. also shows the relationship him and Rocket have. Look, if, if Rocket and him didn't have that relationship and that trust, Rocket would have probably tried to just hold on to that a little bit more. And that causes a turnover. It don't cause Mm -hmm. a loss. It's plays like that that causes turnovers. And I want to bring up a small point right quick on that play. That shows the mental growth of this team, the ego. We're talking about these small wins, these small plays. Remember plays like that when we're looking forward to this team. If you're willing to let KJ be like, I got this, let me have it. And you let him do that and he turns it into a positive. Or you just have the trust in him, even if it turned into a two-yard gain or a negative play. That trust prevents turnovers. And that's Mm -hmm. gonna be huge come SEC play.
0: Well, and we see it more often than not, and especially I mean college pro wherever, where they make that handoff, they still go ahead and it's a tackle for loss, it's a fumble on the play, it's whatever, you know, negative yardage all around. So, I mean, kudos to them for, for to, to do what he did. And then just the add, icing on the cake was it being a touchdown run, too.
1: Yeah, and that, but that's, again, where that, that separates where you have that experience. That, mm-hmm. That's what you should expect out of a play like that, just like that passing play where you just outrun the defense. That, that's kind of what you surprise, you know. And Jacoby, I know he come in only did two for two for 28, but for somebody to come in – the way he did, poised, mm-hmm. calm. Yes, it was at the last. Two for two, 28 yards and a touchdown. Hey, that's what you want. That's what you see. Like you see these preseason games and these guys are coming in and that you give them one drive. Hey, mm-hmm. man, I went two for two, 28 yards and scored a touchdown. That just shows that if he's going to do that against West Carolina, he, you're building that confidence to come in. And, hey, KJ ran the ball. What we I think it was a couple weeks ago we were saying There's going to be those drives where K.J. runs the ball four or five times because he wants to take control of this game. Arkansas gets a quick defensive out. What if you got to put a guy in like that? What if he needs that break? He comes in and runs a series. You know you have Mm -hmm. that confidence. You let K.J. get that break that he's much well needed.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think poised is the absolute perfect word for Criswell whenever he came in. But, you know, make the most of those opportunities and those chances when you get them, which is like, I mean, even in the NFL, guys trying to do in preseason. I mean, Brandon Allen, and this is not a shot at Brandon Allen, has made a career in the NFL being a backup because he is poised when he comes in, he plays the preseason well, and he keeps getting signed as a backup quarterback. But it's been, what, five, six, seven, eight years now that he's been doing this? Yeah. So, you know, some guys, this is what they're built for.
1: Exactly. I mean, and I'm not saying that, Criswell's
0: yeah. a career backup quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. But Criswell's making the most of his opportunity when he gets it.
1: Yeah, and the fact that he chooses, I mean, that just says a lot about Brandon Allen's character because you see a lot of guys that they do that for four or five seasons. They're out. They They, mm-hmm. they can't handle the fact that they're – a career backup quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. There's only 31, 32 positions. Not everybody can can be the starting quarterback. And there and that's I think that's where a lot of this gets lost. People don't realize how hard it is to get into college, much less get drafted to the NFL. And then all these years, you're still fighting for a pos- starting position. That, that's not a knock to Brandon Allen at all. Hey, I'll go be a practice squad quarterback yeah, for a few right. hundred thousand hey, me, yards a yeah. year. <laughs> Pay me $600,000 to yeah. practice. We're talking about practice. You exactly. Know? Before, so. But before we head to break, though, we we got about four minutes to our break. Mm-hmm. Hey, Max Fletcher, five punts, 245 yards, 49-yard 49 49 punt average. But more importantly, again, I don't care who the opponent wants, there was three punts in a row. He totally, totally – Flip the field. And I I want to bring this up because Brian just asked about Max Fletcher. Look, I promise you I didn't see this comment before I said it. So, we're we're kind of thinking and, you know, we're kind of jinxing each other on that comment. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I mean, field, that's what we said. You flip the field. And doing that is more just as important as any aspect of this game. You know, you're on the 40-yard line and you're able to punt the ball 40, 50 yards – and the opposing team is sitting there starting at the 10 opposed to the 30 or 40, one, you, you say you're in the end of the second quarter and you want to prevent somebody from scoring before halftime and then they get the ball right back. You punt that daggum thing and it goes to the 10, 15-yard line. That totally changes the game plan of opposed to we're going to go in halftime, try to. of course we're going to try to score, but I'm mm. talking about the aggressiveness. They're going to try to go down and score, try to get in field goal range. If you punt the ball and you're not flipping the field and they get to start at the 30 or the 40, now we're talking about instead of field goal, we're talking about, hey, let's try to score a touchdown and get the ball back and go on. I mean, that's what I get for that vibe. And I'm telling you, him punting the ball like that was, I mean, it, it, it was amazing to see.
0: Yeah, I was unsure about Fletcher coming into the season, um, just from what we saw previously. Um, I, you know, I was expecting that thirty-two to thirty-six yard um, punt average, which I, I, I was hoping for better. But to see him come out and average, you know, forty-nine yards a punt was just absolutely a blessing and a good thing to see.
1: Yeah, and and that and that's the thing. We're going to look at that, and of course, I mean pressure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're playing SEC teams, I'm. Oh yeah. But it was just a breath of fresh air. We're talking about you know what we're used to seeing per se, and it was just those are another one of those small wins that you're going to see that, and you really want to. And I'm, you know, when you're watching these games that won Arkansas, you know they're kind of going to win or. Look for those small things. Start looking at those and point out those intangibles. Point out those things that, that's different that that you're like, "Okay, this is what I see different in this team." I see that, you know, this team's improved here not just a talent-wise. What what do you think's going to help them move on? And of course, you know, next week with Kent State coming in, playing in Fayetteville for the first time this season, you know, it's going to it's going to add a lot of extra Emotions and really, finally, a lot of these guys playing in front of, uh, you know, the, the the Fayetteville faithful for the first time. But it, like I said, a lot of I'm still standing on where I see. I didn't see anything that, unless of course the the offensive line starts really showing differences. If they come out and have a repeat performance next week against Kent State on the old line, I might start kind of worried about my nine win prediction. But I mean, you sure that up and, and you get that run run blocking along with the pass blocking, I still stand by the whole – That that's why I still stand by it, because they did a great job pass blocking as well.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, there were some questions that, you know, maybe not the public were privy to or knew about. Or, I mean, there were offensive line questions mm-hmm. leading up to last week or this last weekend. So, I think there's still a few things that they're working on and – uh, it kind of showed s- Saturday. So, you know, we'll see what's changed or fixed this coming Saturday to see what where they're going to be at.
1: And, and that game's 3 p.m. on the SEC Network against Kent State in Fayetteville. We're, we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to reiterate our thoughts on the game overall, and we're going to continue on our conversation with what was a crazy SEC national College football week with a few upsets and a few upsets that people said was an upset before the game, but then it happened. There was a lot of people backtracking on on, on the team that kind of upset Old Bryles, but we'll talk about that right after. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time,
0: there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready
1: to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Third, the break attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store with locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville. Our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our hearers' history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's (laughs) 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company. Come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium grooming products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And I want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And Adam, before we switch topics, I guess what we'll start doing, you know, after every game, kind of, I guess we'll give an overall grade of, what we thought of the team and 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 i'll start us off i want to say b plus i mean because i mean the only thing that you could really say was a few maybe miscues on the coverage on the defense uh the o-line i mean not being able so i I will go b plus on that aspect of because the efficiency of kj four interceptions i mean being able to hold them to 13 points i mean so there was a lot of positives that outweighed the negatives but B-plus for me because there is still some things you need to work on. And, again, if they weren't as well on the pass blocking, I would drop it all the way down to a C. But, again, reiterating, knowing that they were able to pass block well and allow KJ to be so efficient gives me hope that they'll, go, they'll get that stuff fixed.
0: Yeah, I was in that B range. Yeah. Um... I know I had to withhold from responding to a lot of comments <laughs> that were trying to give Ds and whatever and just putting it all on the run game. And If you gave us grade of a D and it was solely because of the run game or offensive line, then I think you need to reevaluate um, your grading system. But you know, I saw several that were like, oh, give them sixes. I'm going to guess that's a 60%. Uh, which is also you know, and that I don't you know it's I think a lot of people are just expecting more, but let's actually look at it and break it down and I mean, I think with the o line and the run game, it, it put them in a B
1: yeah, and, and but here's the deal. it's not like and I and you know we always talk about how irrational the fans can be sometimes, but i will I will take that because mm-hmm. if they're saying you know, that just depends on how much weight you hold when it comes to, the, the, the run game and, and the O-line, and that goes on the expectations of what you had with KJ and Rocket. So I understand, you know, you're coming into this expecting KJ and Rocket to both have 80, 90, a 100 yards rushing each. I mean, or, or <laughs> you know, so when they don't produce that way, and that was the main focal point of the offense, I can totally see why fans are saying, you know, well, we only give them, you know, say a D or a C. So, I mean, I'm not going to come on here and say that. Well, I have them at a B, B plus because of what I've seen, but I still respect the fact that how they feel, depending on how much weight they hold when it comes to the um the the weight of the the running game in the O line.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's always room for improvement.
1: Yeah. And, you know, moving on to, you know, what was a a crazy, uh, man, what would you say was the biggest when it comes to, I'm going to give you two games. Was you more surprised about Florida State beating LSU or was you more surprised that Colorado beat TCU?
0: I think, well, that's kind of tough. Um, I didn't expect LSU to get smacked like they did. Um, I do not think LSU deserved or have shown anything for that number five ranking that they had, which, you know, that's preseason coming into things. Um, I was shocked at the way that they got smacked around. For some reason, I wasn't as surprised that Colorado um, beat up TCU like they did. Yeah, Um, I kind of expected TCU to somehow like win it at the end um, or whatever, but it, you know, it didn't happen. And, you know, one thing I was looking at were, you know, how some of the former Razorback transfers did, you know, the last play for Colorado on defense. Um, you had Jordan Dominic and Miles Slusher that, you know, got the quarterback rush and then the tackle. So, you know, that was something that some folks, I think, well, obviously your coach prime talk is going to get overshadowed, but. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And a lot of people can't handle that, you know, you know, <laughs> and I, I want to bring it up, like. You know, they've done that with everybody that's been that way brash and arrogant and mm-hmm. talked. You look at Lane Kiffin, you look at Dabo, you look at Ryan Day, you look at Brian Kelly, you look at all these coaches. They don't, you, you look outside of Nick Saban, who's this buttoned up business type coach who goes out there and he set the standard for college football. When you got these guys that come in and, and they're outlandish, they're talking, they don't know how to handle it, they don't do the coach speak. Dion's quick to call the people out who said, and I, I want to defend him on this point. It wasn't like this was a three-point game. This was a toss-up and the fact that, well, TCU can, can, can win this game in the fourth. This was a game they were laughing, and these are national. The Bear, who used to be on college football game day, and his guys that were talking about, I'm running to the bank I'm going to bet four games. If they give Colorado a four game over under, I'm running to the bank and laughing. I mean, they were laughing, saying it's at three. I wish it would go back to four. And then you go to college game day. Everybody but Pat McAfee was saying TCU is just going to steamroll. So for that to happen, I don't care what we want to say about, well, TCU was overrated, this and that. Colorado was a one-win team last year. I don't care if you bring yeah. in Travis Hunter and Shadir Sanders. You bring in Coach. That's three people on an 85-roster team where you brought in 48 new players. And for them to overachieve, and the fact I posted the video of, and I don't know if you got to see it before we started re- recording, you know, Dion and, and Shadir went to a camp, and they had talked about this certain offensive coordinator – who was at TCU, who just kind of brushed him off, didn't get. Now, if that's a a coach speak or he's just wanting to say that to throw ammunition out there, so be it. But but it's kind of funny. I've
0: seen the the multiple media posts out there. um, and I read the interview, and, I mean, it could be coach speak. It could be he's using his motivation. Um, Could Kendall Bryles looked at it and been like, um, well, his son's, or his dad's Deion Sanders, so I'm going to focus on maybe showing these other guys more attention because he has one of the best football players ever um, as his father and that could help him. We don't know. Um, you know, Dion keeps receipts. He's proven that. Mm-hmm. Um, he proved that in the postgame. Uh, one thing that I don't think was shown enough was Deion's pregame speech to oh, his team it. in the locker room. Loved it. You know, everybody wants to talk, you know, the receipts and how he is with the media and whatever, but how he is with his players is undeniably one of the best things coaching-wise that he can do.
1: Man, you you, you see how Pittman is. Mm -hmm. You see how Muscleman is. You see how everybody is. And you know what? I I mean – Y'all can agree with it or not, and I'm not one to have really ever much played this card, but there's times where I feel like it's warranted, and I'm not bringing this to kick anybody down. It's just the thing that it is looked at differently when an African-American coach says things like that because Davo has been like that. Yes, everybody – You know, hates him and stuff, but it is looked at at a different lens when an African American coach, and I think at times it's not fair because nobody at the beginning of Dabo's career were they hoping for him to lose? They just straight didn't think he could win at Clemson. You you, you look at Lane Kiffin and how he is; they just straight wanted him to lose. You know, they didn't give him a chance. They didn't think. So when it happens with Dion, and they don't like it, but then he calls them out on that. I think it holds weight because it is true to a certain extent. You know, I'm not one to sit there and, and, and throw it on every every aspect. But in this aspect, I do see why he gets criticized a little bit more and why he comes at it because I think it's true. I think there is some weight there when when he feels a certain way because of who he is.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he was going into – he's going into every game really at Colorado that – You know, if he wins, um, great media writers are going to find something to talk about, whatever. When he loses, because the day will come that Colorado loses, they are going to be bashing him left and right. He could not really go into that game and just get a pat on the shoulder for winning.
1: No, and that's what really pissed me off about it. Because it's like, you can't sit here and say this was a 20-point dog. He had no chance and then and then he wins. They're like, Well, uh, it's because TCU was overrated. It was because you know, you're automatic and that's what really got me to, to it holds weight is because they gave them no credit hardly. It's like they were just trying to make an excuse of why they was wrong on picking the game like that, opposed to giving the man credit for look, how many other coaches can come in? It doesn't matter, just like what we are talking about. It don't matter mm-hmm. if it's Colorado or Alabama or Georgia, who can come in, brand new coach, brand new staff, and bring in forty eight new players, and of course, oh, we're taking over a team that was 1-11 one and eleven last year, and you're playing the defending national champion or the defending you're runner, runner up. up. I mean, it, it's not like it would be totally different if we were out of whack on this because it was Utah State or Fresno mm-hmm. State or Nevada. You know, this was TCU. Yes, they had a bit of a drop off, but there was one goon on 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 Twitter and social media that was saying that Colorado was the worst. Other than UMass, they had the worst FBS roster. So mm-hmm. you, you you gotta sit there and take what you want with it. But you know, beside that game, I mean LSU was the same way. We gotta hold them to the fire. You know, they yeah. were coming in, oh we're gonna beat we're gonna win the national championship. It's our year. Brian Kelly's doing this, and then you get smacked.
0: And for Jaden – I mean, I kind of looked at yesterday for Jaden Daniels. um, Kind of put me back to everybody talking about Anthony Richardson being the Heisman winner last year going into the season. Um, You know, it's one of those that I don't don't see how uh, Jaden Daniels has been put so far ahead of KJ and everybody else when it comes to quarterbacks in the SEC. I mean, they did the same thing with Anthony Richardson last year, and look what happened to him.
1: They do it every year. And, and listen, if you're a very, very 100%, because look over my right shoulder, if you're, or left mm-hmm. shoulder, if you're a very, very, very pro SEC fan, you're not going to want to hear what I'm about to say. They do it every stinking year to an SEC team. They will hype up all these SEC teams. There's always three to four to five. We're always the best. And then two to three of them flop. You're, you're, you're really hoping that two of them hold on. W- mm-hmm. Look at I mean, go back to Auburn and Alabama and Georgia and LSU. There's always been one or two. You've never had a league that has been four, five solid in the end like you've thought. There's always been that quarterback, like you said, with Richardson. they done it with the, the, the Hill kid at Texas A&M. He had that amazing mm-hmm. game against uh, Thrill Hill, put him up for the Heisman, had that great game against Carolina, and then flopped.
0: Yep, Kenny Trill Hill was one yes. of those. That, uh, and then I feel like, uh, I mean, I I figured Milton would be getting more talk than Jaden Daniels did.
1: He did. Oh, but, the, oh God, when he threw – listen, when he threw that 70-yard I mean, ball, I don't know if I can say this with, with, with a PG, hopefully the buzz don't really get – but it, every announcer, mm-hmm. I mean, they were just going oh, – I mean, they were going crazy nice. over it. It was, oh, my God, there – I mean, oh, my God, there it is. But – that's talent. You, yeah. You've got to praise that. But, I mean, oh, I got your point on that. But, yeah, when he threw that bomb and that guy missed it, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they were just – oh, if Gary Danielson and, and, and what was the other guy? Oh, God. Who's the other guy with with Gary? Brian Lundquist. Yeah, Brian Lundquist. If they were on the call, holy God, I'd have turned the channel. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been yeah. sufferable.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I think – I was looking around, you know, some of this teams, other SEC teams, I mean, they started slower and we're looking in the second quarter, and I think Georgia was up – seven, nothing, then 14, nothing in the second quarter. And you're thinking, oh man, this isn't the same George team. And then they come out in the second half and they win like 48 to three or whatever yeah. it was. So, I mean, it was a slow start for multiple teams. Um, I think obviously you saw that Alabama set with Milro It's going to be theirs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that man is a monster. He is. Um, I haven't seen a quarter. I mean, again, you know, KJ is a big quarterback, but the muscle that Milroe has is, and I thought it was a crazy stat too that he was the first Alabama quarterback ever mm-hmm. to throw for three touchdowns and a rush for two in one game. But you look back, I guess Alabama's had mostly um, game managers that mm-hmm. you know it didn't really happen that often.
1: Yeah, but then again, you also got to look at the last two with with with, with Hertz and uh, mm-hmm. Tua. I mean, so yes, I mean it is put it in grand scheme of they. It is the first time in history of having that happen. There's a lot of history behind Alabama. I mean, he had 194 yards passing and and only had 48 yards rushing. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it was great. It's not ever been done before. It was one of them stats, well, he was the first person, you know, on a 3-2 count to have um, a 400 batting average. You know, it's one of them obscure stats. You're playing Middle Tennessee. Come on. I mean, really. But to me – what I said preseason, you're giving this team what we call the rat poison, where it all started. And I'm telling you, if this team turns that rat poison and you've got a guy like Milro, like, all right, you want to doubt me. It's because outside of Arkansas, let's mm-hmm. all Arkansas fans put your glasses on and put your hats on just for a second and, and, and sit in the corner. You know how you get when, when KJ's disrespected or when you feel like, look at Stetson Bennett for Georgia. Think about a guy like Milrow of Alabama. You're at the most prestigious university in college football. You're the starting quarterback, and they're like, oh, he ain't got it. He ain't nothing. What kind of chip do you think that's on his shoulder? What kind of pressure do you think that that puts on him? He's coming into the starting quarterback at Alabama, and he's got to follow a Tua. He's got to follow a McCarron. He's got to follow a Hertz. So for him to come out and have that performance, I don't care if it was against Roastby State, that's impressive Because if he's going to do that now, what's he going to do in a few weeks when they get an SEC play?
0: Yeah, and to touch on that, like you are saying, with the fans and how they react to what they might take as KJ being disrespected. I read an article, I think it was maybe yesterday afternoon. um, I forget where it was from. But it was about um, should Arkansas fans be disrespected or feel disrespected because of Tim Tebow Saturday morning um, before the game. He had five – basically sec quarterback headlines going into this season. It wasn't his top five quarterbacks. It was five headlines and KJ Jefferson was not mentioned at it. And then fans just kind of started. And this article was written too, I think because um, if I remember correctly, Tim Tebow is going to be speaking at um, either Club? SAU, I think. Okay. Um, coming up this week. And they were like, just wondering how people were going to react or is he going to answer to it? He shouldn't have to answer to it. Well, he had a... I mean, yeah. he's going to have to in Arkansas. Exactly. But, you know, it was just... It was the five headlines. So, it was, it was newcomers and it was Jaden Daniels and Milton. And then it was newcomers coming into the SEC. So, it wasn't a knock on KJ by any means, but that's how it's already been interpreted.
1: Because what is the expectation... For KJ, Razorback fans, let, let, let's talk about that. And, and he's trying to go out as the best quarterback at Arkansas. He, he's trying to go out as another nine-win season. You know, you're putting him up against other quarterbacks and storylines of national champions. Can, can LSU get back to the college football playoff? Can Alabama get back to the national playoff? Look at Georgia. All the If they weren't replacing so many quarterbacks in the league – You know, I could see where there might be a storyline for KJ, but there's in the grand team. This is no disrespect, but what's the storyline? It it was funny. We had uh, Brandon Marcello on, and he made an excellent point that, that us Razorback fans and and podcasters and you know, people who are in the Arkansas media and, and content creators. We look at the SEC network to get majority of our news and our highlights and our information from the national media. So that's what we base it off of is just what we see from the SEC network guys, Dari and, and all them guys. He said, but the majority of like the national, national media see it like him. Dude lives in northwest Arkansas. He used to mm-hmm. cover Arkansas. He's covered Auburn. I mean, this guy, you know, so if, if it was funny because if you don't come off with a pro Arkansas – take, you're going to get hammered, and just like Tebow. But when you look at it, what is the storyline? What would you have wanted him to say? So you want to say that Tebow didn't include KJ. What would you have wanted him to say?
0: That's a good question. I mean, I I don't look at when Arkansas is left out, or KJ's left out of this talk. I mean, I don't look at it necessarily like disrespect, but like you said, what what's there? I mean, he's going to come in and potentially break every record, not all of them, but almost. Um, And he's going to go out a winner. I mean, it's one of those, what else can you do besides maybe get And I mean, this is just, yes, being probably far-fetched, but other than uh, he's won bowl games, he's gotten to bowl games. So, I mean, what's the next step? Getting to a a New Year Six, getting to the CFP? I mean, he's only got, this is his last year. I'm going to be real and think and say that, that's probably not gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Well, in this comment right here, the expectation is he has to exceed expectations and win a big game or two. Okay. But that's a school perspective. I'm talking about SEC conference as as a whole. Daryl Patrick says the same thing. Does KJ go down as the best razorback quarterback? Okay, those are all ideas within the school, school program. And I get it if again, there wasn't so much quarterback turnover in the SEC, but those are school expectations. Those are fan expectations. You know, uh, Tim Tebow and the guys at um, and Rodgers and, and um, Laura Rutledge and, and um, you know, those guys, Fondbaum, they're not really – if it happens and it gets closer to that, you know, then they might be like, oh, KJ's going to go down as the greatest quarterback at Arkansas. But they're not really putting him in that top echelon of, you know, it being a headline because it's not a national headline. It's not a big conference headline. It's an Arkansas headline.
0: Yeah. When your team is projected on a lot of fronts, a lot of media to go seven and five, eight and four, you're not going to garner a lot of national attention. Exactly. I mean that's just the fact of how it is. If you were on the cusp of uh, the CFP last season, and then, then that you might be a headline if you were on the cusp of an SEC championship. That's going to be a headline, yep. um, you know. So I look at it right now. I mean, the headlines for KJ—it's all school specific. Go out as the greatest Razorback quarterback ever. Um, you know, they will be hey, one of mine for him. Hey, I'd love KJ to be the guy to beat Alabama finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so exactly. looks, you know, you want those things. As a Razorback fan, but you also, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, Arkansas is not there. So yeah. that's why they're not going to get that attention.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it says, I get what you're saying, but if he beats LSU or Alabama, then he demands attention. Like, And he will get that. now. But that, he's that, beaten LSU again, before. Again, this is preseason yeah. comments and expectations opposed to, I'm telling you right now, Jacob, if... If KJ beats LSU or Alabama, especially after LSU just got smacked by Florida State, and KJ does that, oh, they're going to talk about him. They're, they're I mean, look, Dari, all the guys, and, and, and Ryan, and, and Marty, and Ryan, all the guys at the SEC Network, they'll be talking about it. I'm talking about before the season, before the headlines coming into the season, I can see why they left him off. Because it's just not – it doesn't have that SEC because Arkansas – is a middle of the pack SEC team. You know, we're not talking about Alabama, Georgia. Look, you got your top three teams replacing people. You know, or you know Daniels. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, and then of course you see his performance against Florida State, and you're like, well, was he what we thought? You know. So it's, I'm not saying that KJ's not the best quarterback in the, the conference. He, to me, he is. But there's, when I look.
0: Go ahead. I mean, I look at it like mm-hmm. he's beat LSU before, mm-hmm. so I mean, we us throwing out out there. I mean, it's been done. He's done it. Yeah. So I don't look at that like. I mean, if he beats them, if they are as high, if they were as high ranked um, when Arkansas plays them, great. You know, if our, if they were still ranked number five when Arkansas plays them and Arkansas won, fantastic. We can talk about it. But KJ has beaten LSU before, mm-hmm. so I don't feel like that's anything. I'm not going to say it's. Not great. It's not, but it's it's not new because it's happened. Alabama is something oh, yeah. that has never has not happened
1: exactly. And the only way outside KJ would have to get his team to the SEC championship game mm-hmm. outside of Bama win. Like he he if he beat gets beat by Bama, all right. To be considered the best, you're going to have to go win the SEC. You're going to have to get to the SEC championship game. Not say win it. Because we're talking about, you know, what would set him apart as the greatest razorback quarterback of all time. But also, I mean, here, here's the big conundrum that we're not really thinking about. How much do we put into this extra year that these guys are getting? I know it's not it's fair, not fair, they're getting an extra year, but how much of that weight holds into they've had an extra year to get these numbers going?
0: You know, we see that thrown around a lot, um, especially when guys don't get drafted. Yeah. Uh, or they should have taken the extra year or, uh, but you got to look at, you know, a lot of KJs. I mean, I think he's a second now in touchdown responsibility. So, you know, I take that with a lot of weight. Um, Cause when you look at like the completions and attempts, I mean, he's never going to get up there with um, the likes of, you know, Mallet and Tyler Wilson bringing it out. And, uh, you know, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be feasible. I look at the touchdown responsibility and the actual, you know, scoring production versus, you know, some of the other stats.
1: Yeah. He, he's going to have to do – for him to be the best, I said, you know, he's going to have to win nine, ten games. I mean, and I'm, I'm stretching it nine. Like, all right, nine wins, you've got to beat LSU. Or not – I wouldn't say LSU. Nine wins, you got to beat Texas A&M and Alabama. You can't lose to well, so put three in there. You've got to you can't lose to Missouri, which I've said that's a guarantee that's not gonna happen. But to set yourself apart, you gotta beat Alabama and you've got to beat Texas AM. Like you gotta do it in the same year, all right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's tough, but look, you're talking about the best. You're talking about what's gonna what's gonna create you. Look, Mallet got you to a, a cotton bowl, you know, stoner sugar bowl, you know, yeah, sugar bowl, sorry. Sugar Bowl, you know, look what Stoner's done. Look what Wilson's done. What's K.J. going to do opposed to, I mean, can you really say that the greatest quarterback ever to come out of Arkansas got you to a Liberty Bowl or an Outback Bowl? I mean, can we is, – is that enough? And that's just a question. Is that enough to put him up at the top? It's a good question to ask. So uh, – but I mean, it, it and we like again, <laughs> we're only in game one. You know, there's exactly. there's a lot of time to, you know, talk about this team and a lot of things coming up. Um, it, it's Kent State's coming up next, 3 p.m. Of course, Fayetteville. I mean, it's it's awesome that football's back. It's awesome that we're able to talk about some good things. We're not talking about a struggle win over a mediocre team. So there's a lot more positives than there is. When it comes to this team. So but. yes. And
0: folks, the game, like he said, is at three PM on SEC network. I know that'll be asked twenty more times over the next few <laughs> days, but we got it Google up. is Google is your friend.
1: That or just look we got it pinned on our profile. So if exactly. you need to know and every week we'll have that. We'll put it. We'll put up a game day or a game week post. We'll tell you, you know, what time. Of course, uh, if if they pull the shenanigans of uh, changing and or if there's a game time change, we'll keep you updated. But Adam, you got anything else before we wrap it up? I do
0: not um, uh, enjoy the cooler weather that's yes,
1: coming up. I seen that. I've I've got a game to watch here in a second. We're currently. Oh yeah, down you got Clemson. Right yeah, so we're, we're we're currently down right now, and I'm very superstitious about how I watch it, but. For Adam Hall, this is Porter Hayes again. We're brought to you by Bet Online, and we will catch you next week after the Kent State game.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.